On this episode of Resi Week, NKBA design trends, smart home mistakes, and Best Buy grows 2%. All this and more on this episode of Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 304, Rise Together. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by FSR and by Middle Atlantic, what great systems are built on. Welcome to this episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly roundup of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for AVNation.TV. And this week, I'm pleased to be joined by two of my longtime friends. First, we have Mr. Stephen Bronner. He is the owner of Pro Audio Georgia. How you doing, brother? I am outstanding. Still fat from last Thursday and loving it. Yes, from last Thursday. Yes. Happy Thanksgiving to anyone uh, who is listening from the 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 americas or any part that celebrates it as well because i do uh to the joy of myself and don't really care what anybody else thinks then we have katie mcgregor bennett she is the president of kmb communications how you doing katie i'm doing great doing great can't complain excellent all right let's kick this right off because we already talked about thanksgiving and all that fun stuff with a story that comes to us from residential systems nkba releases their 2022 design trends reports uh and and showing that obviously covid and millennial influence is driving those tech design trends towards technology integration and multifunctional spaces uh in that groundbreaking study uh sorry i'm a touch punchy today or Mitchell will correct me on this, but I've been punchy for a couple of weeks. And not just a touch. Not just a touch. I'm just going to say, not just a touch. (laughs) No. I'm feisty right now. I don't know why. (laughs) feisty. In the biggest shock, uh, people want multifunction spaces. They want bold colors. They want all the things that you're seeing in your your design magazines, etc. Stephen, is there a way that we as integrators can leverage these kind of market reports because NKB, um, NKBA, sorry, uh, they're they're obviously serving a specific market, um, and when they say that their their clients are looking for technology, they are, but their version or or definition of technology likely differs from our definition of technology in the home. Is there a way that we as integrators can can leverage these reports? I don't think so. So the uh, so honestly. Here's what I took away from the report, and, and I think this is a fair assessment. It's not just me not drinking somebody's Kool-Aid this time. The um, the fair assessment of the report is is that they're focused on smart appliances. Smart mm-hmm. appliances are not our industry. They want it to be our industry. They keep talking about how it should be our industry, but not one time in the history of ever have we integrated with a smart appliance. What would you do with a smart refrigerator or a stove for your integration? So I see that they want multifunction spaces, and I see that they're looking at smart appliances and things of that nature. But really, we're already doing everything in those spaces that we need to do. You're talking about kitchens and baths. That's where they focus at. Well, in a kitchen, a TV, some lighting control, a bathroom, maybe the same, add some music in there. There's not a lot of technology for us to put in those rooms. And honestly, 
last thing I want to deal with in the middle of the night when I'm going to the bathroom is a bunch of technology. So I like the fact that my bathroom is simplified. It's got some lighting control, uh, no TV, it's got some music. Uh, but this report seems geared more towards uh, interior designers and um, things of that nature, people that aren't currently aware of the technology that's available. It just seems to me like it's it's a great thing for those spaces that people are using connected appliances. I'm not sure what connected mm -hmm. appliance you use in the bathroom. We won't go there. But I will say Cooler. that... The, huh? Kohler has uh, connected showers and toilets and bidets. The more you know. I'll be honest with you. I've seen what happens in a lot of bathrooms. I don't want anybody tracking that. So um, I, I think it's I think it's a cool report for interior designers. I think it's a cool report for people that sell appliances, Best Buy, uh, Samsung, LG, all the other, you know, et cetera, people. But for our industry, this report is basically useless. Katie. One of the things that I do see as a, a as a potential is using these reports to leverage how you go to market to your customers. And I, I mean that from a really from a design sense, right? If you want to go after clients who are looking for this new 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 clients to you, you're not you're not dipping into your your pool of clients. You can shape your marketing into what they're looking for. A am I on point with that or am I, am I missing that opportunity? No, a hundred, a hundred percent, hundred, hundred percent. There's a, there's a, some additional takeaways from the report that, and I, and actually, Stephen, I, I appreciate your feedback. I actually am on the polar opposite end of that. Not that that's unfamiliar space for you, but I think if you take it at, at surface level and, and the value there, yeah, you know, an integrator isn't going to get much if we're just looking at the report because it was, it's for designers and for designers to use with their clientele. So, it, you know, we aren't the intended target there. However, when you look at tech and what they're saying about it, once you get through some of the initial, what they're saying about technology and do they want it or do they not want it, it's the type of technology that this report is raising and elevating to the surface that does have a direct play with the integration community right now. So you just have to, you need to read the report. What I would more recommend is listen to the 20 minute or watch the 20 minute webinar that went along with the delivery of that because they actually dive into it and they, and they talk about boomers versus millennials and different, and different generations in between. That's really important because there's a total difference of desire between the boomer and the millennial. And while the millennial wants tech, the tech that they want is connected to their audio, video, their entertainment, their experience. The tech for the boomer, they don't want any part of that. To Stephen's point, like there's stuff going on in the bathroom that you don't want connected. True. But there are also health benefits to those connected bathroom devices and facilities that do provide a health savings and a health benefit to those who are really interested in micromonitoring their health. And there is a growing demographic that's really interested in micromanaging every aspect of their life, which technology is the only way that they will be facilitated by that. So if you're an integrator who's interested in, in going on that journey and being part of the lifespan of the clientele, there's a lot in this report. If you're not, that's totally cool. There's not going to be a lot in this report. But now, Matt, to your point, 
there is a huge amount of opportunity for integrators that want to get involved in some of these minor these micro spaces within the home or expand their current offering. One of the key takeaways from the report is that the, the kitchen space is expected to expand significantly. We're talking dual islands. So that's more lighting. That's more audio. That's potentially more video. That's more automation. That's more voice. You want to give that up to somebody else? No, because then nothing else in the house is going to work cohesively. So I kind of believe that it's, you know, there's there's an inherent responsibility that the integration community has to the NKBA and their designers and their clientele to deliver technology that should be so that the whole experience is awesome and that technology is driving a great experience, not just letting this DIY stuff and technology as other people view it come into the home and take over the experience, which will result in a sucky experience. We know this. They, they don't interoperate well. When you don't involve an integrator, things don't function together well, mm. ever. <laughs> That's where I think these reports really get interesting. And honestly, it's about where my interest level starts to wane as well. You know, you can talk to me about colors and finishes all day long. And while I love it, that's not where my professional mind is going. I'm going, where are our technology integrators going to continue to grow and evolve and stay relevant? I want them all over this AV and I do want them all over the smart displays and bathrooms. I don't want to see what's going on in the bathroom either. But if that thing's going to be connected to the internet, I'd much rather have an integrator in that job than the electrician and leave that gateway wide open to releasing what that mirror sees, what that mirror hears, you know, like the, so I kind of firmly put my foot down and say we have to be involved or mayhem may ensue and technology goes into a space that no one wants. That's just my view. Well, I will say this. Um, I don't disagree with you that an integrator needs to be involved. I think what I was trying to say, and it sounds like I missed the boat, is the the applications that we currently have for technology in these spaces, especially what they're talking about, because they talked pretty pretty specifically about appliances. So what I'm saying is, is that those appliances don't we don't have anything we can get from those. We don't have, uh, we don't get metadata from that. It's not like we can have your smart mirror detect if you fell in the bathroom and, and send out an alert or whatever. We don't get any metadata from that stuff. Um, so I think what's happening in these spaces is, is that we are doing the best we can right now. So we're doing the lighting control, we're doing the audio, uh, the video, but uh, as people put in the workout mirrors, I've had uh, several clients request the workout mirrors, which is mm -hmm. kind of cool, actually. But um, several clients request workout mirrors. There's no two-way, there's no integration with that. It's just you put it in, turn it on, and you're done. And if you try to limit any of its traffic, you actually restrict its use. So that's kind of, even the, the, the security side of it from the internet is just, you can't do anything. So I, I don't disagree that we should pay attention to the space, but I think that the reason why I thought this report was not relevant to us is because most of what they're focused on is not something we have any control over. Now, in three or four years, if Samsung or LG or, or XYZ company open up their API and allow us to have feedback and we can say, oh, by the way, Mr. Uh, customer, miss customer, your sauna is currently at 109 or your shower is currently at 105 degrees, whatever it is, I think that that would be awesome. But right now we just don't have that. This does seem to be kind of the, the initial phases, right? There's so much tech that's out there and, and I use tech very loosely because it's technology, but it doesn't necessarily integrate with anything. It, it'd be like asking, 
us as a community to integrate with somebody's iPad, right? And not put a control system on it, but like integrate to their iPad or or their Android device. Stephen, calm down, keep yourself, keep keep it together. Um, yeah, we can do things with it, but there. I don't. I don't want to touch that yet. I don't want to have to have to manage that. All right, let's change topics for a second. This comes to us from Residential Tech Today: A Baker's Dozen of Smart Home Mistakes to Avoid uh, by our friend Jeff Bazin. Uh, he gives you thirteen uh, top smart home mistakes to avoid. Uh, and, and keep in mind that we love Resi Tech Today. We love uh, Jeremy over there as well. Um, they they both talk to our audience and they talk to a consumer audience as well, which is why sometimes you see a, an interesting mix here. Um, going through this list, check it out yourself. There's a couple uh, things that even integrators can can take away from things like not starting with a plan, uh, not having a robust and secure network, not choosing devices that work together, et cetera, et cetera. Go through that list. Katie, one of the things that um, I saw in here that, that kind of cracked me up uh, to a degree was the the devices that work together and and give me give me a second and i'll explain there's quite a few situations calm down steven there's quite a few situations where unless you are doing a incredibly large automation system and, and i use that word deliberately there are a lot of times where running two apps on a phone give your client the best bet the best of both worlds right they don't necessarily need their ring doorbell to integrate with their Sonos device. Just just as an example, both of those products fit the solution for what the client wants. Do we sometimes get too caught up in integration? Yes and no. I, that's, a, that's a loaded question. Um, and that's probably a single subject podcast right there. I think there's been several of them. But yeah, it's... <sighs> In within our community, yeah, absolutely. But is are we in a bigger scheme of things? Are we protecting the home in a more effective manner by integrating? I say yes, and I say a hundred percent yes. And for the thirteen reasons plus one hundred and thirty-three thousand others that we know of, why an integrator should be involved, it you know I think ultimately it, it there's the experience, but there's the security of your information. And you can put a million things on the network at home and increase or benefit, enhance your experience. Can you guarantee that every one of them is not going to have some sort of an opening or some sort of a security risk or a data protection risk or a privacy risk? You can't. How do you get closer to ensuring that all of those things are protected? You go through an integrator so that you've got somebody else who has the experience with the type of products, the technology, the language in which the technology is written and and what other products interact with that and it's it's such a slippery slope but if an integrator is not involved the consumer in my view has really no protection in place other than that which they have the time to research and i think that starts to get kind of scary personally for me that's that's just somewhere i won't go no too much to risk Stephen, the 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 question I and don't touch on the other one because I don't want your opinion on it because I know what it is, and if you don't know what it is, you haven't listened to enough podcasts with Stephen on them. Um, he he mentions not planning for inevitable problems, and well, I understand that. Right, buying a product off Kickstarter 
is probably not going to end well for anybody, right? It's like going and buying the first gen of any device. You don't want that one. You want 1.1. You don't ever want 1.0 unless you're just a glutton for punishment. We know that there's going to be problems with things. There are very few products that we can purchase or supply that we can't find a way to fix. Are there, are, are there ways that we can go about limiting those inevitable problems? Sure. Just buy good stuff, man. Uh, don't take chances with your clients. Uh, don't use your clients as guinea pigs. Uh, that's something that I have made a point in my, in my company. I never use my clients as guinea pigs. My poor family, that's not necessarily the case. But um, my clients, they're not guinea pigs. So by the time a piece of technology goes into a client's house, it has already been tested either in my show house or in my personal home. We have beat on it. We've tried to break it. We have broken it. Uh, we've called the manufacturer, fussed about breaking it, and probably figured out all the problems with it. Um, I did run into an issue this past year where I put in a very nice receiver brand that I had never tested before off of somebody else's recommendation and their, their industry reputation. And it bit me in the butt. Um, and it ended up costing me a lot because the receiver brand was going through a model change and it didn't roll out so well. So no matter the brand, I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's red and black or purple or blue swirl. It doesn't matter. I don't care what it is. Test it before you put it in your client's house. And do not put something in your client's house that is not backed by a major company. Don't put, you know, Johnny's ring, Johnny's doorbell, you know, that you don't want to do that because Johnny's just a dude. And more than likely, if the doorbell is successful, it's going to get bought out by one of these other companies. And Johnny's doorbell is going to disappear and his set of features is going to be rolled into the next ring doorbell. So don't, don't test things on your clients. That is the best way to make sure you don't run into that problem and if your client comes to you and says hey Johnny's my best friend and I want to use Johnny's doorbell then you just let the client know that's fine with me if you do that just know that we can't support that product and if we do it will be a trouble call a, a maintenance call each time we do that's just open communication I have clients like that uh, that say you know what my best friend designed this I want to use this and you say you know what that's cool I support my friends too so, but we just have to let them know ahead of time. But I, I think the number one takeaway, like I said, just don't, just don't test on your people, man. Um, they don't test on you. They don't write you checks just to see if they're going to clear. You shouldn't put in technology just to see if it's going to work. What am I going to do with my skid full of Johnny's doorbells? I don't know, man. I, 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 I stocked up pre-pandemic thinking, uh, Hey, I heard, uh, I read today there's a new doorbell company coming to America that I think is coming from Europe. I think it was in um, residential systems. There's a new... Coming to America? What'd I say? Nothing. There's no telling what I said. So, um, so anyway, there's a new one coming over, and it, that's kind of what sparked my doorbell thing, because I just read in ResiSys that there's something coming uh, from Europe. There's nothing that excites me more than a doorbell. All right. Let's change topics for uh, a quick second before we go. This comes to us from CE Pro. Best Buy has eked out a 2% growth in Q3 as their stock price falls. And, and falls a fair amount. But anyways, um, 
read through this if if you are so inclined. It it's for better or worse. Best Buy is always a bit of a a goalpost for the for the channel. A touch. Um, you kind of see what people are doing. The interesting thing that that I saw, and again, I, I can't give you a, a, a direct number on this, but I don't think I've ever seen um, Best Buy mention this directly. Um, one of the things that that led to this was they they admitted that they're having lower product margin rates, which I, again we've been doing these shows for gosh close to ten years now, and I don't ever recall seeing that. Stephen, is is this when we see Best Buy having problems with margins, right? That to me, that is a a, a big deal. That has been a gripe of the integration community for years. Is that margins on everything are eroding, even the the mainstays that used to be great. Uh, we we keep seeing those drop, and and whether it's a price increase that is not met with a retail increase as well, or whether it's just a continual drop, is there concern that Best Buy of all people are are mentioning that yeah even they're getting hit by a profit margin crunch? Absolutely. 100%. Um, I have never seen the amount of let them eat cake arrogance that I have seen in my, in my entire life. I've never seen it like these ignorant companies sending out these emails and going, you know what? This week, we think the amplifier you sold last week was worth 3000 So this week, it's going to be worth four because we said so. Um, it, it just, this, this whole mentality that, that, our customers will just pay more and the manufacturer charges more. Therefore, our customers will just pay more. The inflation's getting out of control. Our margins are dropping. It's getting to the point where I made a decision many years ago to sell me and not a product line. Um, you know, when a client wants a design, they want my design. They want me on the job. They don't really care what products we use. And that is going to be our saving grace uh, because these companies, they're not giving us any margins. Uh, major TV brands, unless you're spending $3,000 or more for a TV, you're making 8 11%. And uh, they treat you like that's a big deal. Like, oh, congratulations, you made an extra two percentage points. Really? Great. I'll upsize my meal next time. I don't. So my thing is, is I'm. I'm really frustrated with these manufacturers, especially these that keep sending us these emails that just increase the price on your customer. We can't do that, people. We're in a contract. So it's just one of those things where you're dealing with Best Buy having lower margins. We have lower margins. Everybody's on lower margins and nobody seems to be doing anything about it. And when you ask them, what are you going to do about it? They say, I don't know. And you, the next thing you know, their stuff is on Amazon. Uh, they're going direct to consumer and the prices are going to the bottom and it's just terrible and what's so bad is is this is the conversation we have about another major bohemian company in our industry is they have commoditized everything in our industry so the only thing that separates omega audio video from pro audio georgia is now matt and steven it's not well omega carries this great brand and steven carries this great brand the branding all the equipment is becoming commoditized and it's all going it's a race to the bottom it's terrifying. My um, my wife has actually asked me because we've gone over P and L sheets and things. She's actually asked me a couple of times if I'm considering a career change uh, because she's like, you know, this doesn't look like it's going in a good direction. 
luckily, just like you have established a great name and Katie has established a great name, I have a really amazing group of clientele and people that back me, but it's a little scary out here, man. Katie, when, when you see this, I, I was going to ask you about the total tech, but we'll, we'll leave that for today. One of the things that, that Stephen mentioned was people keep, uh, manufacturers, you know, uh, keep alluding to the fact that you can just go to your clients and, and tell them that, well, you know, stuff happens, everything's going up. And, and, and it is, there are, there are, there, there's a multitude of reasons why price increases are, are, are coming. Um, I was on a call, uh, uh, about a month ago with a, a manufacturer and they were talking about price increases and they were asking, you know, how do you guys feel about that? And I was like, well, it, I don't love it, but I get it as long as our margins don't change. If you increase the price and decrease our margins, I will be very upset. If you increase the price and the margin stays the same or gets better, we can talk. Um, but when you when you see manufacturers taking the the route of, you know, we have to increase prices. And again, I get that. And you can just go and tell your customer, hey, that's okay. In the commercial world, there's something that happens where you register projects, right? And you don't do it on a little one-off, but you do it on large projects with large manufacturers, right? You register that product or that project. So as long as you place that order within a fairly reasonable time period, the manufacturer will honor that price because it's a registered project. Do we need to, as a, as a channel, push some of our residential suppliers and manufacturers to maybe look at that approach? Because it, to Stephen's point, it has gotten a little out of hand. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it has. It has. Um, and I think that that's a great way of I think that's a great way of looking at it. And it, it also is a bit of a call to action, <laughs> call to arms, I guess, for the residential side of the AV sphere to maybe become a little bit more solidified in in its operation. Right. So registering of projects. Ab absolutely. And I think the more that residential integrators move into the commercial space and, and or sit in that intersection, that residential intersection, these things become really important where you've got, you know, Stephen, to your point, you've got a PNL on the commercial side, you've got a PNL on the residential side, they're usually going to be one in the same. But if one side of the house is really low, and the other side is really high, because there's a little bit where I shouldn't say really low, really high, but there's protections on one side and not the other the inclination for the business is to go where you're safe. Right. So, you know, that's, but are you going to walk away from residential business because of that? Ah, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things that are variables there, but, you know, I think anytime that we can look at the residential space and go, okay, you know, there's, there's things being different done differently and perhaps maybe a little bit more professionally um, in the commercial space. Can we bring that over? Yes, please. And we've seen that there's great, there's a great response and a great benefit to doing that, you know, as we've seen with products coming over from, from commercial into resi. So, so too can philosophy and, <laughs> and the way of doing business. Um, you know, I, and I think it, I think it needs to, the, the bigger challenge is, is just that we're still talking electronics and the mothership behind electronics <laughs> and the motherships behind electronics really are not going to care a whole lot about what's happening here in little old America and with our custom installation channels. So, you know, I think it's just, it, it's a, it's tough because we need to have 
we need to have a bit more professionalism across the board, but we're also dealing with kind of this behemoth at the other end of the spectrum that makes it really, really kind of challenging. So what do we do about that? We communicate. And I think that that, you know, that as, as you were set, you and Steven were first talking and then as you were setting up is we've got to start communicating, but just getting pissed off about it. Sorry for the, you're going to have to blip that out. Um, doesn't doesn't resolve it. We've got to rise together and start creating some options for manufacturers to consider that work better than the options that are being thrown at us now. Because if we always take the victim role, we're always going to be the victim. If we take a proactive role and start communicating what we feel will work best for that which we build and develop and grow, we've got at least a bigger seat at the table that potentially we can fill. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. All right, let's leave it there. Thank you both for joining us. Katie, if people want to connect with you, learn more about KMB, where can they do that? Yep, yep. Uh, KMB Communications all over the sphere. And myself, you'll either find me as Katie McGregor or Katie McGregor Bennett all over the place. Excellent. Thank you, ma'am. Uh, Stephen, if people want to connect with you, learn more about Pro Audio Georgia, uh, where can they do that? Uh, they can look me up online. I'm easy to find. Uh, Pro Audio underscore GA on Twitter. Um, look me up on Facebook, everywhere. I'm, I'm everywhere, and I love to talk to other integrators. So if uh, you want to give me a talk, uh, tell me I'm right, tell me I'm wrong, tell me I'm a little crazy, that's, uh, that's all good. I just want to talk to you. So I look forward to hearing from anybody that wants to chat. Yeah, it's pretty much a collection of all three, mostly the, the, the latter two. Mostly the last one, yeah. 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 All right, thank you uh, again for joining us. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, again, if you are in the U.S. or just celebrating because you like turkey, like me. Um, if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Twitter at Matt D. Scott and pretty much every other social platform. But more importantly, please visit aviation.tv where you'll find this show as well as a wide variety of other shows with all the verticals that we cover. When you visit the website, please take a moment to check out our supporters. We are extremely thankful for their support and ask that you check them out as well. Thanks again for watching. That's all the time we have for this episode of Resi Week. Thank you.